You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I kind of wanted to share my thoughts on the HBO documentary series that came out called Not So Pretty. And I watched this a few weeks ago. I took notes so that I could remember the important points that I wanted to bring up, especially when talking about and summarizing what they talked about. And so one, when I saw that this documentary came out, it just, it just made me honestly super happy to see something that I've been passionate about for years is, is really starting to become mainstream. So that was, I think the first thing because documentaries, and I will say this, I'm not a huge fan of many documentaries because they tend to just kind of be one-sided, especially more so nutrition documentaries. I love other documentaries. I just, I think they're super fascinating. They're super interesting. Like when they're about people's lives or certain current events, those are super interesting. But when we get into, you know, the forks over knives and those more so really <laughs> not things that I don't align with at all documentaries. And that's not why I'm against nutrition ones, but nutrition ones tend to be very just one-sided. You're just seeing this is the way of eating that we think is correct. And this is why, I mean, especially for so many of those documentaries, my husband was telling me the other day that the, the athlete that was in game changers or whatever, who was touting vegan, he was so newly vegan in that documentary that he has already retracted the veganism lifestyle because it wasn't serving him his health or his athletics. And so people going to watch that right now would be like, wow, look at this athlete. He looks great, but they don't know the ramifications. And I, this is not, meant to bash vegan documentaries, but I'm just kind of, I guess, sharing a little bit of maybe skepticism on, on some. However, I think in general, I am just more so I'm drawn to health documentaries. I go in knowing that, okay, here's, here's something that I think that I can learn. You know, I have already my preconceived notions, but I'm always looking to learn, to learn more. And so, especially when these places are talking about things that I think are very passionate, I'm very passionate about. So maybe that's like my bias, whatever we all, I guess have a bias, but I guess that's just something important to note when thinking about documentaries is something like this, non-toxic living products that could be creating toxicity in our lifestyle, how that's affecting people's health. That's something that I can get on board on. And I really, truly don't think that's a very controversial thing. I mean, that's something I see all the time in my clinical practice. So that's not, I don't think a crazy and outlandish and super biased thing. I think if anything, I'm really glad that this is becoming mainstream and I, that people are able to know about all of these different things. And so the way that this documentary is set up, it's set up in four different kind of components. So the first component I believe was makeup and then it was skin and then it was nails and then it was hair. So it's all about I want I can't remember maybe 30 to 40 minutes each. So I, cause I think it took me two hours to kind of get through the whole thing. Cause there's four episodes all broken up into four things. And th of course that's not a ton of time to be able to really dive in, but I really liked the directions that they went in. So for the makeup, they were really focusing on asbestos. So, and what I, I loved in this is 
I think that that's really important because that is something that, of course, we don't want in our makeup. They I, they didn't really go into, you know, heavy metals and colors, you know, like lipsticks. There could be a lot of heavy metal. They didn't really go into all that there is, but they kind of picked and chose a few different things. So what they did is they talked a lot about asbestos. And so asbestos is a naturally occurring mineral, but it's very toxic, especially to the lungs. Uh, is a main contributor for certain cancers like mesothelioma. And the reason this is significant is because asbestos can be found in powders and it can be found in talc powders, especially. So talc is an ingredient that we all can look for on our mineral based products, like your shimmers, like they found it in the naked palette. They found it in so many other Eclairs products. There were tons of it. They found a ton of it in Johnson, Johnson and Johnson baby products. And they followed a few people's stories who had these really rare cancers from one of them was a OBGYN who used the Johnson Johnson baby products. He said he recommended them to all of his patients. He recommended them to his, his kids, his family used them. And then he was diagnosed with cancer and then really kind of went down the rabbit hole to be like, wow, this product that I thought was safe clearly is not safe and has contributed to this. There was a makeup artist who was also diagnosed with the mesothelioma because of the asbestos contained in those talc products. So it was really, really nice to follow these stories and really see, wow, how prevalent these things are. And so one of the biggest, I wrote this quote down, if it's safe, it wouldn't be sold. That was something that they were all shocked about. And that, that just gave me goosebumps because it's so crazy that that could not be further from the truth. Just if it's on shelves, it's safe. And that's not true at all. They don't have to be safe. I mean, and they talk tons amount in this documentary about the FDA and just the lack of regulation that goes into all of these things. And it's true. I mean, there's not much regulation on any of these. I mean, there's so many products. There was a mom who her daughter loved doing makeup and her daughter loved, especially making a powder. You know, she was kind of like trying to like make the powder come out of the, the container and like fill the air. And little did they know the powder that she was doing that with was filled with talc because they took all of the makeup products, took it to an independent scientist and toxicologist. And he found a ton of asbestos in these products and Claire's was one of the main ones, but there was some of, there was a few other brands. I know the naked palette stuck out because I used to use naked palette back in the day. And then of course these companies deny, deny, deny yet Claire's took a lot of their products off the market, even though they said none of our products contain this, they are third party tested. So these products will say things like that. So, and that's why it's, hard to know what to do as the consumer, because if these products are indeed third party tested, they should, we should assume that they're safe, correct? Yes, we absolutely should. But then these consumers were taking these products to a lab and having them independently tested from different scientists, and they were finding quite the opposite. And so these companies like Claire's and I know Johnson Johnson, they were taking their products off the market or they were selling I know Johnson Johnson was started selling cornstarch based baby powder so that it would get rid of talc. But then in other countries, they were still selling the talc based baby powder that contains asbestos. So they only made the change where people made the most uprise. And I just think that's a disaster. If there is an ingredient in a product, it, the whole thing should just be taken down and you should just do better. 
but unfortunately it's not like this. If you guys listen to the episode that I did on based around the book Metabolical, that book is amazing, but that's talking really about how the FDA really doesn't oversee what's in our products. It doesn't oversee what's in our food. There's a list, which it's called the grass list generally recognized as safe. And you essentially don't have to do anything for ingredients to be put on that list. They are loosely put on that list that are generally recognized as safe. And if they're generally recognized as safe and they must be safe and we just shouldn't question anything. And I think that's a huge problem. So So the makeup one was really based on, really heavily based around asbestos, which I think asbestos is obviously very important because that's something that we don't want to be breathing in clearly, which we think of these makeup artists and these, and even people who use this frequently, like when you're using a powder, you're probably breathing it in as you are, you know, mixing it up and then putting it on your face, mixing it up, you know what I mean, with the brush. And clearly asbestos is a big thing. So... I didn't write down all the brands. Um, some of the ones I know Clinique, Dior, Estee Lauder, Avon. I remember Naked was in that one. But essentially, those were were big ones that they found, Talc. And the FDA essentially can't even re- force any of those products to be removed, like even if there was Talc and asbestos. So the FDA is like, what is it even doing? <laughs> you know, what is what it? what governing ground does it have? If, if there even is talc or asbestos, what grounds does it have to be taken down? And I just have a huge problem with that. Huge problem with that. So there was over 40,000 lawsuits on this whole talc debacle to just put it into perspective by how many people are affected. So if you're using powders, you know, this, whether it's eye makeup, whether it's foundation, you definitely want to turn that bottle around. And is there talc? Because talc doesn't talc is the compound that usually is carried with asbestos. Like it's not going to say asbestos on the back, but it is going to probably say talc because talc is something that asbestos is contaminated in. Um, so in the instance of the Johnson Johnson baby powder, there was a talc based formula, and therefore because it's talc, talc is a mineral in the ground as is asbestos, and where they're mining these things. And then then comes I mean they didn't even talk about the the social issue of mining talc. Usually they're done in these third world countries. They're sending children down into the mines to harvest the talc. They're not paid. I mean, that's horrible conditions for a child, let alone for anybody. I mean, there's so, there's a lot of social, I think, issues around it and social, like, it's just, it's just not a, a, a good practice. So for that reason, I have avoided talc. Beauty Counter actually came out with like a little mini talc documentary a few years ago where they really talked about why they don't use talc for their shimmers. A lot of their powders actually are more uh, foundation or like liquid based now. Like they even have like a liquid eyeshadow and I, they never use talc obviously, but I think because a lot of these companies do it because it's just so much easier to do. And I think that because beauty counter wants to stay away from all of that, they've really switched to more mineral based, um, clearly natural, more mineral based, but also liquid. Uh, but, but that's kind of when I first learned about really the, the horrible working conditions around talc, let alone, Hey, most talc is often contaminated with asbestos. And even if they batch one that that doesn't contain, that does contain it, they still don't have to pull it from the shelves. And so that's just, I think, in my opinion, a huge problem. So I kind of took 
the do's and don'ts away. So do, they kind of recommend obviously avoiding talc, which I agree with using apps like think dirty. They did not list. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. They did not list the think dirty because think dirty. I want to say that's what it's called. One, that one was bought out by Procter and Gamble. So I don't use that one. I do agree that a lot of the apps, even the EWG, some of it is pay to play. And I get that some of these companies, you know, they invest in the companies and therefore maybe they get a better rating, but I think it's at least a better place to start. I like a lot of the work that the EWG does. I, they have the healthy living app and I, that's the one that I personally use. Uh, the the Skin Deep database, Detox Me, and then Clearia were the ones that they recommended. The Think Dirty one, like I said, that was brought out by Procter and Gamble. I know a lot of people use it, but I mean, there are certain products on there that contain fragrance that they say, "Oh, this is a fine rating," and I just, I'm like, "That has fragrance. That should not be a fine rating." Uh, but it, then you look at the companies that they give the better ratings to, and they're all owned by Procter and Gamble. So they recommended the, again, the EWG Skin Deep, Detox Me, which I haven't heard of that one, and Clearia, which is just C-L-E-A-R-Y-A. I have not heard of that one either. So I haven't used the other two, but especially in the beginning of my non-tox journey, I use a lot of the, I use the Skin Deep database or the EWG one. They just have a lot of great resources. They've got a lot of great research. They talk a lot about ingredients. And so although I don't think any app is fully bulletproof, I think, you know, there's holes and maybe probably every single one, they are definitely still better than nothing. And you should use that, especially while learning about ingredients, because it's going to teach you more so than control you, you know, teach, learn about the ingredients instead of, you know, use an app for hundred percent, this is okay. Or hundred percent. No. Um, and their don't that they recommended is don't assume that more expensive is good. I mean, we look at Clinique, we look at Dior, you look at Estee Lauder, very high end, horrible. I mean, so many of their ingredients are just horrible. I don't even know what you're paying for. You're really paying for the name, especially like when you go to Macy's and all these beautiful makeup and perfume things. I mean, there are pennies to make, but they're selling them for hundreds of dollars and they're just completely toxic, which I think as you're here, you probably know that, but I'm just making that clear again. So then we moved into skincare. So with skincare, they were just obviously talking a lot about how we're putting a lot of products on our face. We are using a lot of different chemicals and I'm trying to think of what I wrote down even for, um, yeah, they wrote down, they, I wrote down a few of the ingredients, but I think, I think the biggest one with the skin was just the amount of products that people are using. They're not all necessarily tested for each other. And it just is mind blowing how so many of the ingredients are just not regulated within skincare and really all personal care. But with the skincare in particular, they were talking about a lot of the chemicals that are in the skincare are petroleum byproducts, which is crazy because that's what we're putting on our skin. You know, our skin is not only a barrier, but it does absorb things. It doesn't absorb everything. I think it absorbs 60 to 70% of what you put on it, but your bloodstream's right underneath it. And so they were talking a lot about that and especially the petroleum-based products. I really wish they got more into fragrance and those types of things that are in our skincare that really aren't serving a purpose and are doing more harm than good. But, but I do believe that, and I, I think in everything they hit on really, really important things that for our health, we need to be thinking about. 
Then they talked about the skin or sorry, nail care, which the nail care was really interesting, especially as it pertained to the workers and how so many of the workers are being exposed to these chemicals all day. And they are seeing so many, so many different cancers, especially breast cancer. So they followed a few different breast cancer uh, patients who, you know, were these Vietnamese women that worked in these nail salons. And it was kind of cool because they talked about kind of the history of Vietnamese women getting in a nail salon kind of after the Vietnam War and how in California there was there were some women that were like teaching them how to do it. it was it was really interesting to see like kind of the history of it and but then see unfortunately all of the health issues that so many of them experience because they are just bathing in these chemicals all day long. I mean, you get, you walk into a nail salon for 30 minutes and you get a headache. These people are in it for hours. I mean, they are some of the most hardest working people. They are there sometimes like 10 in the morning till eight at night. I mean, I don't know. I'm just guesstimating one of the salons that I know, but I mean, these, these women, they work so hard and they're trying to do a good thing. You know, they're making you feel beautiful. It's just, it's such a fun thing to do for yourself, but there's just really a huge dysregulation of chemicals there. They were talking a lot about like the gel polish and not a lot. They, they mentioned the gel polish and the chemicals that that's emitting with the UV and obviously how it like hardens on your nails and so many just things that make you think about things. But they said, you know, this is, this doesn't mean don't go to your nail salon. This means, you know, talk maybe bring your own non-toxic nail polish or there's certain, you can actually go to the website, which I can make sure I link in the show notes, but if you just Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever search engine you use, if you just type in not so pretty, you can go to their website and on their website, you can obviously watch the trailer. You can, and then they have a lot of steps to take action. So they have a lot of different organizations. So there's actually a safer beauty bill package, which one part of what that includes is Asian health services, which is healthcare for all advocates, um, for the underserved. So there's also the California healthy nail salon collaborative. So there's quite a few different organizations there that you can kind of support these salons with, by creating bills that essentially don't allow the use of these products because obviously they're around it all the time. And they were talking about, I mean, this is their livelihood. This is their business. So really the answer isn't to just not go to the nail salon, which I kind of agree because it's, they don't want the toxic chemicals and the products there. They're just trying to there be there and do their job and serve you. And how can we make a difference for them, their health, as well as our health and make us feel better about it. So that bill, you can take a look at that and, and kind of sign things and make a difference. But they were saying, you know, maybe bring your own non-toxic nail polish or something like that. Coat is a really good brand. Hue and Grace partnered with them. So I have two of the colors. I have the baby blue and the coral. I really like them. I don't do my nails a whole ton, but I do like them. Um, so I thought that was an interesting point because my kind of out has just been, okay, I just don't go to the nail salon as much if at all, which is not true. Cause for a special occasion I will go and that's kind of my 80, 20, but maybe, you know, for my toes, I will bring a non-toxic nail polish for my nails. I sometimes do the dip, which I don't know if, I don't know if that contains talc. Now I'm going to look because that powder is just in the air and you're just breathing it in. So I am going to look at the powder next time I go to the nail salon because especially it's very shimmery. So I am curious about that. If you happen to go to the nail salon before I do, which you probably will, let me know if the dip contains talc. 
I I want to say they keep tell, saying the dip is better, but then if the powder's in the air, they're breathing it in, we're breathing it in. So I, I'm just, I'm just re- genuinely curious. So maybe if you go to the nail salon, please report back to me on that. So then the final piece was the hair, which the hair one was super interesting because they talked about this company called Diva Curl, which I had never heard of Diva Curl before. I have curly hair and I've never, I've never used it, but they were talking about all these influencers and social media marketing is so great because you just want to do what other people are doing. And it's, it's such a genius thing for businesses. So they took these beautiful women who have this amazing, curly, gorgeous hair, and they were YouTubers or Instagram people, and they were using these products. Well, then like a few months after using these products, their hair just started falling out in clumps. And I guess there was a chemical reaction with a few of the chemicals and ingredients used within Diva Curl that were I don't even know, clearly creating like necrosis of the hair shaft. And then they started sharing their story and they found thousands and thousands and thousands of other women who were using Diva Curl that was happening to the same thing. So because they were saying, if you just individually look at the ingredients on the bottle, not a big deal, but how these ingredients are interacting with each other, more so of a big deal. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I was happy that I'd never used that brand before. They were also talking a little bit about Monat or Monat. I don't know the name of that brand. I know, I know a few people who use it, but they were saying that they are, that brand is also experiencing kind of the same type of thing. I don't know if they're using similar ingredients. I know that it works for some people great, but it's clearly causing some people's hair to fall out. So they mentioned that quickly as well, Diva Curl and Monat. And there was maybe a few other brands that you know, are kind of touted as these health or sorry, these hair rescue things, but then it actually backfires. And of course, Diva Curl didn't, they, they didn't really provide a statement. They said their hair care is safe. Apparently some of their items have been taken off the shelf since this occurred, which was in 2018 or 2019. But, and, and if you go to their page, I went to their Instagram page after this and the comments are just flooded with how come you're not doing anything about this? Like, it's just crazy, but it is good. Like, I'm not, I'm not about cancel culture, but I am about maybe making a difference and letting a brand know how you feel in a respectful and doable way. Cause if you're, if we are just rude and like, if we're just rude and arrogant, nothing's ever going to get done. But if people were genuinely concerned and wanting to make change, I am here for that. So that's, I mean, there was a mix of comments on their page, but none positive really about the diva curl. So that was kind of my first experience with learning about that brand, but it's interesting because if you just look at the bottle, oh yeah, this should be okay or it looks okay. I, I don't know the ingredients or the specific products that were causing this reaction, but people's hair legitimately was falling out in clumps. And so that was, that was an interesting one. That was the last kind of part of the series. And I think that was definitely interesting. And then they talked a lot about, um, just hair care, especially for like African American communities and how like so much of those practices are toxic. Like they're really meant to like, kind of like tame their hair, like not have it super curly and whatever. And just kind of like the social kind of stigma around that. And then they have to go out and do all these really damaging things to their hair, damaging things to their, therefore their health, because it's not good for their hair. It was it, it really, I think, took a, I liked how they talked about things, honestly, that I wouldn't be super aware of. Um, so I think that was definitely enlightening. It, it was really interesting to follow a lot of the different cases on having, you know, the mesothelioma cases, 
they had obviously like the different cancer cases with some of the nail technicians. And then obviously the influencers who had really been losing their hair, it's awful, but it was definitely really empowering to listen and watch their story and really kind of see how they came out into their community and were like, I'm so sorry. I've been talking about these things. They actually aren't good. And that's hard to do. It's really hard to be vulnerable about, Hey, this is something that I thought I believed in, but I don't anymore. And that's a lot of people won't even do that. So I commend them for doing that. But I think in general, there were so many other things I could have talked about or uh, uh, elaborated on, I guess I should say, because I think they talked about a lot of really great stuff. It's hard to do so in a 30, 40 minute period, because I feel like if you're going to talk about a lot of ingredients, you could, I mean, that could be a 20 hour (laughs) documentary series. But I think that was a really good start for making people aware of, wow, these things, just because they're sold at the store, doesn't mean they're good for me. I think that's, that's, I think the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway that I want the modern American to just get out of that documentary, not even modern American, wherever, whoever you're from, just because it's sold on your stores does not mean that it's healthy. And that's just unfortunate. There's so little regulation. And even with what regulation it's there, it's bought science a lot of times. And even if there's something in it, the FDA is not going to do anything about it. Most of the time, they can't force these things to be taken off the shelf. So it, I knew a lot of the stuff that was there. I didn't know, I, I, the asbestos thing was interesting. I knew that talc contained asbestos, but I guess to the extent that it does, I mean, I definitely consider myself well-educated on non-toxic living, but that was a very interesting documentary series. So we just got HBO because we want to rewatch Game of Thrones. And so I was super pumped that that documentary... Nick wasn't feeling good. So I just sat down on the couch all afternoon. I had my little notebook and I just watched all of it. And a lot of stuff I knew, but it's always a great reminder to watch it again and hear people's stories. And I just was so happy that this stuff is becoming more of a mainstream topic. You know, it's, it's becoming a little bit more popular to talk about. It's not, I'm not as woo woo and as crunchy because I talk about these things. Like this is a doc, this is a documentary that's hopefully getting millions of views. So that was great. And that's a huge win. So if you watch it, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. You can send me a message on Instagram and let me know if you watched it, what you thought, what you learned, what you maybe would like to see, because we probably have similar thoughts on those things. But if you haven't watched it, this should be a good reminder to maybe go check it out. So this, these are my thoughts and I wanted to just kind of share them so that maybe it motivates other people to watch the documentary, learn something. And, or again, if you have, if you're newer here, turn on your personal care products, what's in your environment that we can, that we can start cleaning up and start optimizing. So thanks for listening to my thoughts. I will see you guys on next week's podcast.